Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Rhys and today, um, well, we are now sort of a full second day of counting through the results of these local elections in England and the Holyrood elections in Scotland and the Seneth elections in Wales. And we now have a bit of a clearer picture on uh, really what has been going on for the major parties in each of these countries. And it is time to do a, a bit more of an unboxing. Uh, I know I did a little bit of an episode yesterday where we sort of had a bit of a focus on Hartlepool uh, and the initial council elections. It's now time to have uh, a bit of a deeper dive into some of the devolved administrations and also the uh, English councils that have now sort of two-thirds to three-quarters through of the counts from there. Uh, and we also have far more mayoralties to have a look at, so time to dive into those things on today's episode of the Politics Unboxed podcast. <laughs> So, yes, let's jump straight into these results, and uh, let's start with the English councils, possibly the uh, most important ones uh, for the major parties in terms of the UK-wide parties. Obviously, up uh, up in Scotland and in Wales, those parties have had a little bit of a, a differences in their fortunes, but in sort of as a, as a UK-wide metric, the best place to look for really is the these English local council elections. We know the SNP will do fairly well in Scotland, and we know that there is um, quite a lot to play for in Wales, but with these English local council elections, we sort of get a, a decent picture on... Uh, how the main parties are going. And really, this has been a day of big wins for the Conservative Party. Um, Their councils are now on 58 councils with 2,220... Uh, sorry, 2,205 councillors. That's up 12 councils in their control and up 239 councillors. In their control, and that really sort of says all you need to know. The governing party making gains in a local council election year is not great for the opposition, uh, especially when you see the Labour Party on what 44 councils with seven losses and 1,268 councillors with uh, sort of eight, uh, no, 301 councillors lost. That's a fairly bad loss uh, with sort of 132 out of 143 councils declared as we are on sort of the, the very early morning of Sunday. Um, so very bad for the Labour Party realistically. Um, they were fighting a, a two-front war. We, we knew that the 2016 council elections uh, where the, the gap in the polls was about 1%. We sort of expected the Labour Party to make, uh, well, to suffer losses in those seats. Uh, but the the gains in the 2017 seats, where the uh, polls were sort of showing a 10% lead for the Conservative Party at the time of those 
2017 elections, uh, they haven't been able to make gains or enough gains in those seats to really turn the tables around. And so the Labour Party sort of going backwards, really, and this, this mountain that they have to climb in order to make themselves look more like uh, an acceptable alternative to government has has really increased in size, or at least has got, um, well, steeper for the Labour Party. Uh, it is It is a tough one to sell with a Labour crowd. This particular election, uh, we've seen Angela Rayner has been dismissed from her role as party chair. She will still remain in her role as deputy leader because that is elected by the Labour membership and Keir Starmer gets to appoint the party chair. Uh, so much for taking full responsibility, it seems. Angela Rayner has been pushed out. We've got sources uh, reporting on the BBC saying that, uh, well, Keir Starmer was essentially running the party chair office with Angela Rayner as a convenient spokesperson. Uh, so her removal doesn't really do too much to well change what has happened because this this local election season has been um it's it's falling short of a disaster but is definitely in the uh quite bad to very bad category for the Labour Party to lose three hundred um probably more by the time the uh, last eleven councils are declared but to lose over three hundred councillors. Uh, in a year when you're in opposition, is never normally seen as a good thing. And despite these times being um, far from normal, well, it, it doesn't sort of push the the normal window anywhere near where the Labour Party are right now. Um, what's been going on with the rest of these English councils? Well, the Liberal Democrats have sort of tried to position themselves as the clear alternative to the Conservative Party in government, the the real opposition party. Uh, obviously, we all know how well that went last time around with Joe Swinson as their leader. It appears Ed Davies' response uh, to various crises of confidence is to do exactly the same thing. Uh, they have lost what, somewhere in the region of uh, 10 councillors. Uh, I think it's about 8 uh, they are on 524, they have five councils in their control, that is a loss of six, uh, no not six, uh, they haven't actually lost any councils, they've sort of maintained control over the, the council they have, but the, they haven't really made any gains, and to to call yourselves the, the real opposition party when you're on sort of about half, uh, possibly less than half, of the councillors of the actual opposition party uh, is to me a little bit far-fetched, even for the Liberal Democrats. Um, the Green Party have been the real success story of the left wing of British politics. They've gone up by, what's 70? 70 councils about. I think this is their, their best result to date. They haven't got any controls over uh, any county councils. Uh, district councils, I don't think they have control of either, but they will be in a position to form possibly some minority administrations, I believe, around the Brighton area. 
but the Green Party really being the the big success story of these these local elections for the left wing of British politics. So that is really the the picture in England's council elections. Uh, the Labour Party going backwards, really. Uh, if they were an alternative government before, they are less like one now. And if they weren't, well, even less so. Um, there is a sort of identity crisis at the heart of Labour politics. There's always been a battle between the left wing and the right wings of this uh, this party. And now it seems that that battle will just rage on and on and on. Uh, the party doesn't know which way to turn this time. They've gone leftwards, they've gone rightwards, they've gone uh, all over the shop. They've been abound Jeremy Corbyn and now Keir Starmer. Um, the, the route out has to be really a sort of cherry-picking of these policies that were successful under the New Labour and were individually perhaps popular under Jeremy Corbyn to try and position themselves as an alternative government rather than a group that's just there putting pressure on the government but not realistically in a position to challenge them, which is, I believe, where they are right now. For the Conservative Party, well, this means that Boris Johnson is pretty safe, I would say. I, I don't see the party turning against him. If he'd lost in this election, if he'd sort of made made losses sort of in the margin of probably um, 150, 150, sorry, I'm mumbling over my word today, 150 to 200 council seats, I think we would have seen Boris Johnson under some pressure, but as it is now, uh, I think these these allegations of of corruption and sleaze that have been dogging the party will be largely forgotten by conservative commentators and and MPs, and this thing will be sort of attempted to be swept under the carpet. Don't get me wrong; there are serious questions to be asked and that need to be answered. But this this gives Boris Johnson the the breathing space he needs, especially in areas like Hartlepool and those those red former Red Bull seats who have now lent their vote to the Tories and have sort of stuck with the Tories in some of those areas. Uh, now the success story for the Labour Party over these elections has really been the mayoralties because they have they have been. A good show for the Labour Party. There have been a couple of gains in sort of Cambridge and Peterborough and what uh, the West of England, where it didn't really help that the uh, Conservative leader Boris Johnson didn't know who their candidate was in that area. Anyway, I'm I'm sort of making a uh, a muchness out of a muchness. But the Labour Party have done quite well. Their big winner seems to be Andy Burnham, who's got back in in Greater Manchester with an even greater share of the vote than he did last time. Uh, he seems to be the uh, the the darling of the, the Labour Party right now, far more than Keir Starmer is. His personal vote has gone up massively. Uh, in London, Sadiq Khan elected with a slightly reduced share of the vote than he did have last time, but still elected nonetheless. Um, the direction of the Labour Party is now in in turmoil. We don't know whether they're going to shift further left, further right, have a pick-a-mix of of all of them. We know what various senior figures 
from the sort of Labour Party backroom staff uh, through to former spin doctors and the boss of the Unite Union have to say about this. Uh, it will be interesting, at least, to to note how the Labour Party shift, because clearly this particular approach isn't working particularly well, at least in England. I will go on to Scotland and Wales very shortly. Um, Keir Starmer's vision for the Labour Party at the moment doesn't seem to be resonating with the voters. Um, I had a little competition with my my university flat uh, very recently to sort of try and name a Labour Party policy. And quite frankly, the results were abysmal. Uh, We consider ourselves to be fairly tuned in to elements of politics and we we sort of barely named three between us. It, it, It was a poor showing and the Labour Party has sort of been shown up in this election for standing against quite a lot of things. But what do they stand for? And that's what the party have to decide. Um, whether it is the left, to the right, to the middle, bit of mix, mix it all, um, they have to pick hills to die on. Uh, if they're going to go out, they better go out fighting. And if they're not going to go out, well, now's the time to make the stands. Labour Party needs to pick their battles. They need to to choose which fights they need to take up. They need to find the right ones, otherwise they are not a serious alternative for government by the time of the next election, which is scheduled for somewhere around May of 2024. Now, let's have a look at the devolved administrations, because they have uh, they've, they've got themselves... Uh, their results through. I think both of them are sort of um, fully, or almost fully returned. Uh, yes, they are both fully returned. Uh, in Scotland, 129 of 129 seats are now declared, and the SNP are the largest party. They are one short of a majority. They're on 64 seats. They've gained one uh, they they gained, I think, three in the constituencies, and they must have lost a couple because of their increased constituency share in the regional vote. So the SNP will be forming the government in Scotland, but short of a majority, which sort of means, well, independence, the, the whole referendum idea, Nicholas Surgeon seems to have been backing away from that particular cliff edge uh, in recent days. Uh, the Green Party will almost certainly be their coalition partner in government. They are on eight seats. They've made two gains. Uh, the Green Party in Scotland being uh, a pro-independence or at least pro-independence referendum party. Um, so they will likely form a, a working relationship between the two of them. Uh, that's sort of the way it's been for the last, uh, what, I guess, five years of uh, the SNP government when they they lost their majority in 2016, uh, but it, I must say something about this system that they have in Scotland, the additional member system, where there are constituency MSPs and regional MSPs, is designed to not uh, allow a majority, and the SNP have come mighty close to come one seat short of forming a majority government, and that would have been quite something the the second time in three elections it would have been 
had they been able to secure a majority. Uh, so the S&P back in power in Scotland, and the Prime Minister has been, uh, I guess you could say, proactive in relation to the S&P being in power uh, and with an increased majority from the last election. Uh, he has called uh, what he is calling a devolution summit, uh, which is sort of, well... I guess it would be aimed to stop a second independence referendum in, I guess, seven or eight years. The last one was in 2014, so depending on when it would be potentially called, seven or eight years. Um, but there are serious questions to discuss because the SNP have increased their vote share. They have increased their representation. Uh, they are clearly the most popular party in Scotland. Um, but it is only a plurality at the moment, not breaching that majority mark. So there are questions to be asked and indeed answered on the issue of devolution in Scotland. To just go over some of the other results in Scotland, well, the Conservative Party are the second largest party in Scotland with 31 MSPs, Labour on 22, down to uh, no change for the Tories, by the way. Uh, Greens on eight are the fourth largest party. Lib Dems losing one seat on four. And those are all the parties that are going to be represented in the Scottish Parliament. Uh, the Reform UK ticket, uh, they they used to have a member. They've now lost theirs. And the, Al- the, sorry, the Alba party, led by Alex Salmond, has not been able to win any seats. Uh, probably... Uh, a nice little headache remover for Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP. Uh, I don't know how well they would have worked together. I know they both have the ideas of independence for Scotland, but I don't think Alex Salmond and Nicola Sturgeon are getting on quite as well as they used to. Uh, so uh, a nice result there for the Alba Party in relation to their relationship with the Scottish National Party. Let's turn our attention to Wales, where, well, the sort of Labour Party have come very, very close to um, achieving a majority, uh, but they have fallen one um, MS short, MS being member of the Senate, uh, which is, well, that's the Welsh Parliament, but they have fallen one short. They were on 30 um, MSs and the number of MSs in the Welsh Earth is 60 so they've just fallen short of making history while being the first party to win an outright majority in the Senate or the Welsh Assembly as it was before um, Labour are looking safe to continue as business as usual in Wales uh, Mark Drakeford good personal vote of confidence by increasing the number of MSs by one. Uh, the Tory party are in second with 17, Plaid in third with 13. Lib Dems on one and I do believe that is actually one over so I think the Tories might be on 16. Uh, but anyway, the Vote shares are roughly consistent with where they were five years ago. Uh, a decent vote of personal confidence by increasing the major uh, the minority government by one. 
to an essential working majority because the Speaker of the Welsh Senate um, is generally a non-voting member. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do vote. Um, but essentially it's a working majority for Labour and they are back in power in the Senate. They have never been out of power in the Senate. Uh, but this is a a good result for them. It equals their their best vote. Uh, sorry, their best seat representation in the Senate from two thousand three and two thousand and eleven. Uh, so, a very good result there for the Labour Party in Wales. In stark contrast to the results in England. Anyway, that, I believe, is over the time I normally allot for these podcasts. I I hope you'll forgive me. But that is all the time we have for today on the Politics Unboxed podcast. If you uh, liked the episode, uh, even if you didn't, please feel free to go and find wherever you rate these podcasts on the app or um, platform on which you're listening and give us a rating. Any feedback uh, you can give in any comment boxes is always more than welcome. Uh, you can get in touch through the Instagram, which is at politics.unboxed. The Facebook, you can search for Politics Unboxed. Twitter is at politicsu. Uh, you can get in touch through email, which is politics.unboxed at outlook.com. Or you can get in touch through the website, which is politicsunboxedpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope very much to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the Politics Unboxed podcast. And until then, goodbye. Thank mm-hmm. you.